Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. So whether it's people that are caught up in sin and bound in sin and bound in addiction, the Lord Jesus, because of what he did and who he is, desires to do a work of setting them free. He desires to heal the brokenhearted. He desires to proclaim liberty to the captive. He desires that there would be sight given to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those that are dead in trespasses and sins, he desires to give life. And we are the ones at this time, I just say thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have at this time to, to uh, preach a gospel, a good a, a message, a good message of Jesus Christ and him crucified that there is life that comes to him, to be able to go from a place of darkness into the marvelous light of who Jesus Christ is. So today, <clears throat> this message, I, I'm just entitling Dipping Seven Times. Dipping Seven Times. And maybe attached to that would be Rivers of Living Water. But Dipping Seven Times, and we'll get into the reference that is being taken from 2 Kings chapter 5. But just a few things <clears throat> regarding about the life that the Lord would give us at this time. In John 7, verse 37 to 39, uh, we read a passage about rivers of living water flowing from us. It says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he, he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy, Jesus has been glorified. The Holy Spirit is available for us, and not just in a measured portion, but without measure, as it was on Jesus. One of the passages that I, that I desire for my life and that I, I live by, if you would, is, is declaring the gospel, the good news of Jesus, in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. This is how Paul, when he came to the city of Corinth, he operated People there didn't know the gospel. And today, people as, as supposedly where our country is based on, a, on a, the Judeo-Christian uh, uh, beliefs, but there are so few people today that, that even have heard the gospel. They, they, they don't go to church. They don't listen to uh, these kinds of, of uh, YouTube messages. Uh, but the Lord desires to do a powerful work in these last days. And even as, as Paul came to the city of Corinth 2,000 years ago, he says, Brethren, when I came to you, and he's writing to them after the fact, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the message of the cross. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, 
but in the power of God. Today, people are, are depending on the wisdom of man to deal with the different things that are going on in this day and age. And, and man, has it been, uh, uh, there have been so many changes that have taken place in the last year and a bit. And there's a dependence on, on man. There's a dependence on science. There's a d dependence on, on, on medicine and, and on doctors and on, on the health, those that are knowledgeable, knowledgeable in health. There's a dependence on all of that. And there's not been a dependence at all on the Lord. I thank God <clears throat> that God desires for rivers of living water to flow through us. And today, I just, I just know that the work that the Lord still desires to do is beyond anything that we can possibly imagine as we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. There is not a, a, a grieving and a stifling of the Holy Spirit, but that there would be a freedom of those rivers, that river of life to flow from us as the power of the Holy Spirit flows from us to minister to others. The Holy Spirit works through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and him crucified, the message of the cross, foolishness to those that are perishing, but the power of God to those that are being saved. In four weeks' time, we will have Pentecost Sunday. May, Sunday, May 23rd is Pentecost Sunday. 2,000 years ago on Pentecost, there, it was a Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit fell on the 120 believers. And you can read of that in Acts chapter uh, in, in the book of Acts, and from that point, there was a powerful work that was accomplished uh, in the early church throughout the ages, even to, to today. The Lord desires to do amazing works in the power as we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus operated in this power. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, 38 it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. If anybody perhaps didn't need the Holy Spirit, it was Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man. Hey, he's the Son of God, so why would he need the Holy Spirit? At this point, Jesus operated with the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him. We need to operate in that power. So if you have your Bibles with you, Second uh, Kings chapter 5, and we, we've touched on this the last, uh, last week and, and the last few weeks, and there's three main characters in this passage. We have uh, Naaman, who is a, uh, a, a leprous man, a leper. So that was a condition, uh, a physical condition that was uh, there was no cure for. And whoever had that, uh, they knew that they were condemned to uh, not just uh, an awful death, but to, to have a life where things were deteriorating in their body. And so here, uh, Naaman was that man who was leprous. I want to say right off that without Christ, we are all lepers. And we are leprous with the condition of sin in our life. But I praise God for a little slave girl 
that ministered to Naaman because she she cared about the man, her this man that that either bought her or, or had captured her and taken her from her home and from her country and brought her to his own country. And here she ministered to Naaman. She told him about a solution to his condition. She was motivated by love, that we would be motivated by love. And the third individual that's a part of this uh, this uh, story, and this actually happened, was a man of God by the name of Elisha. And God used Elisha to, to minister life to Naaman. And today, I want you to know that God desires for us to be used as men and women of God powerfully to minister life to others. We should all be at that place, operating in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power because the Lord loves and because we love. So God desires to work through us to love others, to bring life to them, and also for, for us that we would have the love of God in us to minister to those that others would not minister to. Second Kings, Kings from uh, chapter 5 from verse 1. <clears throat> now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. So he was a commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on, a ra on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited, <clears throat> she waited on Naaman's wife. She was a slave girl, young girl. So she was not, who knows, maybe a, a, a young teenager, if that. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were the prophet, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the king who is, or the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman told the king of Syria, and the king of Syria writes a letter to the king of Israel. <clears throat> so he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. We're talking 3 to $4 million worth of goods and, and, and value <clears throat> that he would give to Elisha or whoever could heal him. Thank God. I just want to say here, thank God that it doesn't cost money for us to minister to others, to say, hey, you know what, it's going to cost you $3 million, or it's going to cost you $1,000. That's not how God operates. So then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, I, Am I God to kill and make alive that, that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his, of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And I want you, if you didn't catch last week's message, 
Check this out. It's entitled, Why Have You Torn Your Clothes? Interesting uh, message, a very powerful message. Catch it. Uh, you can catch it online, last week's service. But today, I want to focus in on what happened after that. So let's go to, to verse 9. And I want you to note that God desires that there would be life flowing from us, rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit operates, would desire to operate in us and through us by love, the power to love others and in, in the power of ministry. Truly, as, as Paul says, in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power, uh, praise God that there will be works accomplished. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and, you, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. I find it interesting that the, the, the power of this individual that was on this individual, it wasn't Elisha, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. He just even, he sent his messenger to give a message to Naaman. He says, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Wow. So the, the flesh that was decaying and had decayed, and the spots that were all over him that were leprous, he would be restored. So can you imagine if there were fingers or toes or parts of his body that had already decayed and were rotting and had that they would there would be new flesh, new new fingers, new uh, uh, no new toes attached. And this is what Elijah said in the power of the Holy Spirit, that there would be a rest restoration that would take place and that he would be cleaned from this leprosy. Now Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage, and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? You know, I, I just want to stop here at this point. You know what? <clears throat> Sometimes those that are in extreme situations expect for, for God to work in uh, a, a, in a box, a box that they, um, they put God in to say, well, this is how it needs to be done, or this is how it needs to be done. Oftentimes, there, there is a, a, an expectation when it comes to healing that it, it's got to be done a certain way at a certain time, whatever, and usually it's immediate. But the, God works in amazing ways. And this, this thing of, of going to wash himself, how can washing, how could simple washing in the Jordan, 
which which he said, hey, that's a that those that those waters are not good. They're, it's they're, it's it's not a, they're not clean. It's not a clean river. It's a muddy river. How can healing come? He was furious, and here his his servants are saying to him, hey, you've got nothing to lose. Why not just go and uh, do what the man of God is saying? That we would have the Holy Spirit upon us, the power of the Holy Spirit upon us to minister to others, to minister life to them. So verse 14, 2 Kings 5 verse 14 says, So he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, in this river, the Jordan River, according to the saying of the man of God. I like that. According to the saying of the man of God, that we would preach Jesus Christ and him crucified in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power that we would be men and women of God to minister life to those that are dead in trespasses and sins and even to minister when it comes to healing when it comes to uh, the the need for for those that are sick to be able to to pray for them and to minister healing in Jesus' name. Look what it says in verse 14, the last part of it. Even as he dipped seven times, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He was totally healed from leprosy. This was an incurable disease. That there would be rivers of living water flowing from us, the Holy Spirit ministering through us because we love and he helps us even to love, and he helps us in the ministry that we would go out and minister. I was thinking about this, and there are a number, like even as I, 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 I think of, of my own life, and I just say, Lord, you filled me with your Holy Spirit. The Lord desires to do a work through me and through each and every one of us as we are not just saved and, and given the earnest of the Spirit, a portion of the Spirit, but even as we are filled with the Holy Spirit to do a powerful work through us to minister to others. And I, here's what I've come to recognize. When I've been obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if I, as I've moved forward, truly the Holy Spirit has worked through me in powerful ways. Yet, in another sense, even though I was filled with the Holy Spirit, there were times where I would grieve the Holy Spirit because I would say, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And I just want to say to all of you that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we can shut the Holy Spirit down. We can have the Holy Spirit, but we're shutting down the rivers of living water flowing through us to minister to others because we say, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And oftentimes it's a thing of, of, of fear to minister, like, is anything going to happen? Or there's, an, uh, there's at times we're, we're sidetracked or we're, we're distracted about life. We just say, I don't have time to minister. Or maybe we just, we're ignorant about the fact that God does desire to work through us. And we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're, we're grieving the Holy Spirit by not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us 
that rivers of living water can impact other people's lives. And I recognize this in myself, that I can shut down the Holy Spirit. I can close the, uh, the, the gates, if you would, of, of rivers of living water flowing from me. And so today, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, know this, that God wants to work in you and through you in ways that are much greater than you might even imagine that you would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that you would be led by the Holy Spirit, that you would be used by the Holy Spirit just as Jesus was 2,000 years ago. Now, I, you might say, how, did, how was Elisha able to do this? And so I want to I go back, and even with this dipping seven times, if he only would have dipped once or twice and i'm sure that that as naaman went down into the water and and he starts dipping and and, and the first time he, he he goes under and he comes back up and he's looking at his hands and he's there's nothing there there's nothing no change is this really gonna work and he goes down another time and he comes up and there's still no change there's nothing there's nothing different happening in his body he he probably one of the things of leprosy is that, that you're not able to feel anymore. You lose the, the sense of touch. And I, that causes a lot of problems when, when uh, you can't feel anymore. And so here he is. He's going down. And I'm sure that at, at some times, who knows, maybe uh, Naaman was just saying, you know what, this is stupid. This is crazy. Maybe he was swearing and saying, I can't believe that I'm doing this. I can just imagine his servant saying, come on, another time. Just, you, you know, maybe they're counting from the river. Okay, that's three times. Okay, that's four times. That's five times. Come on, master, you can do it. They call them father. They're saying, come on, the, the prophet said seven times. Just get in there. Persist. Persist. Make it all the way. Listen, I want to say this. <clears throat> so often... When it comes to, to the Lord saying, hey, listen, I want to do a work on you and through you by my spirit, we don't persist. We don't persist even in seeking the fullness, the spirit without measure. And I, so I want to I get a little bit more into that. And I want to look at what happened with Elisha. How did he have the Holy Spirit upon him? So... And why did he have the Holy Spirit upon him? And I want you to catch something here because the Spirit without measure, you might say, well, you know what? No, 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 I, I, I have the Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit the moment I got saved. That's not what Scripture says. That's not what we see in the book of Acts. We see people that were believers that received the power of the Holy Spirit after they were saved. And and for, for those of you that may be there that, that might say, you know what, Pastor, yeah, I, I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that the greatest thing that you can do is persist, to believe and persist, to be obedient. I'm going to go seven times. I got to dip seven times. There was an aspect of persistence, and then there was a, a result for myself from the time that I was nine and I understood this thing of the baptism in the Holy Spirit in a, in a, 
as a nine-year-old could. I just, well, hey, that's something that you need to do. Man, I want, I want the power of the Holy Spirit upon me. It wasn't until I was 14 that I, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit upon me. And I'll tell you, from that m moment on, things changed completely in me. I wasn't perfect. I, I, I still had struggle at times, with, or I still struggled with sin. But the, the opportunity for ministry through me began within a short time. In fact, it began at that point that, that suddenly doors were open for, for me to begin to minister to others as a 14-year-old boy, a teenager. And I turned 15 a, a, a month or two, or two months after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and things began to, to open up for ministry. And I want to say this to you. As I look back over my life, I recognize the power of the Holy Spirit on me and I can either stifle and grieve the Holy Spirit, or I can allow the Spirit to move through me. And I want, to, want you to know this morning, to persist. If you've not received the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit upon you to, to, to seek. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, and this is Jesus. He's saying, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The end of the earth. We're talking about time. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, it was only during the time of the apostles. I'll tell you right now, <clears throat> that's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. Well, that was only for the apostles' time. You know, so after 20 or 30 or 40 years or when John, the, John died in, in the 90s, 90 A.D., uh, around that time or 92 A.D., that, that whole thing stopped. That is a lie from the pit of hell because the enemy knows the power of the Holy Spirit on an individual is, is, is his worst nightmare because of the ministry that God desires to do through us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, even to this, this day and age, 2021. In these last days, the Lord desires the Holy Spirit upon us. Okay, I know. I've already said 2 Kings chapter 2. Let's go there from verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah who was a mighty prophet of God, into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. So Elisha had been with him at this point probably for about 10 years is, is, is what the theologians figure. So Elisha had watched and seen Elijah operating. And so here he is, Elijah's ready to his life on this planet to come to an end. It doesn't say that he died. It says that, that the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. So he didn't die. All right? So there's only two people that have not died that are in heaven that have not died, and that is Enoch and Elijah, and probably will be the two witnesses, the two prophets that, that will come um, during the tribulation or the last half of the, the, the seven-year tribulation. Anyways, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now, I, I want you to, in this passage, I want you to look at the persistence 
So here Elijah, the, the man of God, is saying to Elijah, hey, listen, I want you to stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, as you're still with me, I will not leave you. I am not going to leave you. I'm going with you to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, so Elisha says to these prophets at Bethel, he says, yes, I know. Keep silent. He's basically, basically saying, yeah, yeah, I know. Shh. I want, I want to hear it. I want to go. I'm going to go with him. I'm going with him. So second time here now, here's other people saying, hey, he's going to be taken up, and, and he's, uh, the Lord is going to take away your master. Uh, do you know that? And he's saying, yes, I know, but keep silent. There's a persistence. I want to be there. There was something that, that Elisha wanted. Maybe it was. I, I, I know it was more than just to watch somebody go up in a whirlwind. That would be kind of cool to see. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. You wonder, what was it? Why was there such a persistence? And we'll find out in a moment. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he said, he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Be quiet. I don't want to hear that. Then Elijah said to him, so Elijah must have told the, the, the sons or the prophets or the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho. And he must have, obviously he told the, the sons of the prophets that were in Bethel. And both times Elisha is saying, I know, be quiet. I, I be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. And here again. So three times Elijah is telling him, Stay here, stay here, stay here. And three times Elisha is basically saying, No, I will not leave you. He, say, he said, As the Lord lives and your soul lives, I will not leave you. There's something, there's something that not only do I want to see, there's something that I want from you. There was a persistence. So the two of them went on, and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan, the same river that Naaman washed himself in. Now this, is, this incident is happening way before the Naaman incident, okay? Because we're, we're, we're looking at why or how was, was Elisha able to do what he was able to do? Why could he do this? Now, Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, 
what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Now, this is why Elisha was going with Elijah. Listen to what he says. Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So the spirit that was on Elijah, which was the Holy Spirit, he's saying, I want a double portion of the Holy Spirit upon me. I've seen what God has done through you because of the Holy Spirit on you. And I want a double portion. I just don't want a contained measure that, that you have. I want a double portion. I want twice as much of the Holy Spirit in my, in my life and on me because I want to minister for the Lord. I want to do a work for the Lord. You know what? Here's the amazing thing. The spirit that was upon Jesus was upon him without measure. The things that Jesus did, as his mother said, hey, listen, and as John writes, the things that, that, that Jesus did, the books could not contain the things that Jesus did. All the volumes could not contain what he did. These things have writ are written that reading, seeing that you might believe and that you might have life in the Son of God. The, the power of the Holy Spirit that was on Jesus Christ without measure is the same power that we can have. Here, Elisha had a double portion. So, Elijah answered, said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. So if you see me when, I, when I'm, I'm taken up in this whirlwind, he would get a double portion of the Holy Spirit. If you don't see me, you won't get a double portion of the Holy Spirit. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So he steps onto this chariot, and he's taken up into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my fa father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle, Elijah, that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over the river, even as the waters were parted. You know what I like about this? The heart of God is for the Holy Spirit to be upon us without measure. The heart of God was for Elijah, Elisha to have a double portion. This was a good thing that Elisha asked for. I want a double portion of the Spirit that was on you. I want a double portion of that Spirit on me, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Look what it says in verse 15. It says, Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Was the spirit of the Holy Spirit was upon Elisha now. And the heart of God is that that same spirit would be upon us without measure. In the New Testament, as Jesus began his ministry, 
in Mark chapter 1 from verse 6, we see the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus. And that same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, desires to come upon us at this time. Now, John, and this is John the Baptist, not John the disciple of Jesus, John the Baptist, was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and to loose. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Just like Naaman was immersed in, in the, the Jordan River and seven times he came out and he was cleansed and he was made whole and complete. And here the Lord is saying, I want to baptize you not in the Jordan River. I want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I want you to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. I want you to have the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that, that is on Jesus. And we'll see what happens to Jesus, that same power the Lord desires on you and I. And I just pray to God, especially during this lockdown, that there would be a persistence to say, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life and to persist. Maybe you have extra time because you're locked in and you don't have, that you would go into your room, into your closet, in other words, to go and be alone and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. John said, John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus that desires to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, that you would be filled, not just so you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but that there would be a purpose for the Holy Spirit in your life. I say, yes, Lord, let your spirit work through me in these last days to minister life to people that have no life, that are dead and trespasses and sins, that I could minister in boldness and in love because I care about people. I want them to know about Jesus. Jesus is coming back soon. There's not much time left, and the Lord desires for us to do a work that, that we cannot even possible imagine, possibly imagine of bringing souls to him before the trumpet sounds. The Lord doesn't want the death of a sinner, but that they would come to repentance, that they would come to have life. They would turn from the direction they're heading in and to have life. And he wants to work through us to bring a message of hope to them, a message of life to them, the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. In Mark 1, verse 9, it says, And it came to pass, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So he's baptized in water. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And was with wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. And then Jesus begins his ministry. Now, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. I just want to say this. I find it interesting. The moment that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, Satan came to tempt him. And, in fact, the, Lord, or the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And, this, and Satan came to try to, to stop him from beginning his ministry. I want to say to you, I'll tell you right now, when you start to seek the power and the baptism, and, and you come to Jesus, say, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, 
I'm telling you right now that there will be every single attack upon you, whether it's mentally in your mind saying, well, that does not, you don't need to do that, or why do that? Come on, you're, you're saved. There is an attack that will come on, on you by the enemy to say, do not seek this. You know what? Hey, you've done all okay without the, the, the being baptized in the Holy Spirit all these years. You don't need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is saying, I want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit because it is about ministering Jesus to those that don't know Jesus. Look what it says in verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, this is John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We're talking about having life eternal life. Thank God I was seven years of age when I gave my life to Jesus. It is the most important decision I have ever made in my life. The most by far is the most important is me giving my life to Jesus at seven years of age. Listen, the, the Lord desires to work through us that the message of the cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified for us to, to take care of our sin would be preached. And in and through that, the Holy Spirit works, in fact, to the point of desiring to confirm that message with signs following, with miracles, power, the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. That there would be a persistence just like Elisha persisted. He persisted, and he received a double portion of the Holy Spirit. I, I pray to God, for those of you that have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, persist. You take that time. And I don't care if it's a, on a daily point. Listen, we spend so much time doing so many different things. We spend time. We waste time. And oftentimes it's all around ourselves. It's about, hey, I, I, need to, I just need to rest. I need to, to have some recreational time. I need some me time. And it's all about myself. And it has nothing oftentimes to do with the things of the Lord. I'm saying to you at this time that you would seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit, especially during this lockdown. Listen, go for a walk, and while you're on that walk, say, Jesus, I am coming to you. You are the one that's bapt that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I'm coming to you to receive. I need, I desire, I'm persisting to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so that I can minister Jesus. I can minister you, Jesus, to others that don't have Jesus in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. Hallelujah. That that would be the case for you, that you would persist. Look what it says in Luke 11, verse 9. This is Jesus as he's, he's talking to his disciples. And they were asking him, that just the, the verses before, they're saying, hey, Jesus, you know, uh, hey, John, he taught his disciples to pray. Can you teach us? Can you teach us to, to pray? You pray, you pray. Can you teach us to pray? So we have the, what we call the Lord's Prayer in, the, in the, the verses before this one. But listen to what he says in verse 9, okay? And, and, and check out the persistence here. In fact, the verses before are about persisting. If, if somebody, you know what? If somebody came at, at 12 o'clock at night and knocks on your door and says, hey, listen, I want to have some bread. I, uh, I need some bread because I have people that came over. Can you imagine your neighbor coming over? And saying, hey, listen, I, I had visitors come over and, and uh, I, I need some food and I, I just I want to be hospitable to them. Can you give me food? You say, man, what, are you crazy? 
Like, what are you knocking on the door for? You, you know, people don't do that. And so the Lord gives this, this, this illustration of this man being persistent. In the King James Version, it says, because of the importunity to persist, he just continued on. And finally, the guy, as he's knocking on the door, pounding on the door, and he's like, hey, I need some food just to get rid of him. He says, okay, here, here, I'm, I'm coming. Here's, here's the, the bread you need. Here, take it. Jesus is making the point in verse 9, and here's the point. Let me read it. Luke 11, verse 9 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. I, I want you to persist in your asking. I want you to seek. I want you to seek out. It says, seek, and you will find. Seek the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Seek the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Knock, and it will be open to you. It says, seek, and you will find as you seek. Listen, we, we give up. I'll tell you, we are so catered to in our, our lives that we don't persist. You know, if anything takes too long, ah, forget it. It's taking too long. And, and it's just rampant in our society because everything comes so quickly. And if it takes any effort, we just say, no, I'm done. Here the Lord is saying, if you ask, start to ask, you will, it will be given to you. Start to seek. Seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you will find you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Knock, and it will be open to you. The doors will be open, and I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, that's not what this is talking about. He was talking about prayer. He's saying that if you ask, and, I, and that, yes, that could be the case, but look at where Jesus goes with, for, with this. All right? Look at the next number of verses. It says, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will, he, will his, the father give his son a stone? If your father... Would, you, would your father give you a stone if you ask for bread? It's a rhetorical question. Absolutely not. And not just a bread. It says, or if he asks, if the son asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Hey, you ask for fish. Here, let me give you a snake. It's a rhetorical question. Absolutely not. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Like, that's even... That's much worse. Hey, a, a scorpion can harm me. Can I just say this, even as I'm reading this? I'll tell you right now, when you go to Jesus Christ or you go and you ask of the Father in Jesus' name, the Father is not going to give you something that's, that's bad for you. And so many people uh, I know that they, they may have persisted, but there's been a fear of the Holy Spirit empowering them. Can I just say this? The Holy Spirit came on Jesus in the form of a dove. It came down in the form of a dove. A dove is the most, one of the most gentle, in fact, if not the most gentle creatures on this planet is a dove. And I'll tell you right now, the Holy Spirit will never, he does not possess. I, I mentioned earlier about the fact that I can grieve the Holy Spirit by just saying, no, no I'm not going to do that. And so I grieve the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do on me and through me to bless others by saying, no, 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 I'm going to shut you out right now. I'm, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. And we grieve the Holy Spirit, who is as gentle 
as a dove. There is nothing of possession. I'll tell you right now, the only one that possesses is Satan himself. He possesses. I've seen possessed people. They have no control. They are, are, are bound by, by Satan. It is terrible. Not the Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says here in verse 13. If you then, being evil, he's trying to, to make the contrast between a, an earthly father and God the Father. There's such a contrast. And, and even a, a, an evil or wicked father would give bread to his son if he asks. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, listen, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? Oh, man, that we would persist. Man, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to move and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit in this day and age. And I just pray, church, my dear brothers and sisters, that you would seek, you would ask, you would seek, you would knock, and you would persist. You come, Father, you promised that there would be the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I say, I want the Holy Spirit, Father. And you allow Jesus. Jesus is the one that baptizes you. Jesus, I'm coming to you. Go ahead, baptize me in the, in the Holy Spirit because I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to minister to others. I need to minister. Maybe it's family members. Maybe it's a, a son or a daughter that has gone astray and is is. is doing things, and you know I need to minister to them, and I've, I've tried in my own wisdom and my whatever. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, you know what? In fact, some of you, let me just say this. When it comes to ministering, we've done it in our own, at our own time, in our own strength, in our own wisdom, and whatever, and we have not allowed the Holy Spirit. Even though you might be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have shut off the Holy Spirit. And so you do things in your own strength and wisdom and power. And the Lord is saying, hey, I want to do things in the power of the Holy Spirit through you. And the same power that was on Jesus, he is saying, I, I want it to be on you. In Luke 3, 16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I'm, t I'm telling you, at this point in time, let me just read the next verse. It says, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. I'm just saying this. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you the one aspect will be, and, and allow it to happen, is the things that don't belong in your life, let them be burnt up. The things that shouldn't be there, let them be burned up. And oftentimes it will come as a strong conviction of the Holy Spirit upon you at that time, even as you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and even as that would continue, the Holy Spirit desires to burn up the things in your life that are causing you grief and are causing other people grief, that these things would be burnt up. I say, thank you, Lord. Go ahead, do your work, Holy Spirit, of burning up the things that don't belong. The power for ministry is for us today. It is for today as I read earlier, let me just read from Acts 1 from, from verse 4. I read from verse 8, but I want to read from verse 4 to 8. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, 
So this is just before Jesus would be raised up. Just like Elijah was ascended to heaven, Jesus was going to ascend in a few moments. And he says, the last thing, this is the very last thing that he said to them before he left this planet. And he, so we recognize the importance. The last words that anybody would say before they die, usually it'd be the most important thing. He's saying, I want you to wait. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. That's where they were in Jerusalem. Which he said, you have heard from days, uh, you have heard from me about the promise of the Father. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In fact, it would be 10 days later. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put into his own hand, authority. Can I just say this? I'm saying this to each one of you. For goodness sake, don't you be distracted by COVID. Don't be distracted by all the things around COVID. And all you're thinking about is either COVID and you're afraid or uh, you're thinking about masks. You're thinking about not, no masks. You're thinking about vaccination, no vaccination. I'm telling you, don't be distracted by these, these things. The Lord is saying, hey, Lord, will you restore the kingdom to, to Israel? They, were, they had something else on their mind. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father's put in his own authority. Don't worry about these different things that are going on. You do not have to be afraid. God desires to work through you powerfully. And it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth, even to today, for today. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, I want to uh, just finish off with a few more passages I want, I want you to see what happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So all of them chose to say, you know what, we're going to listen, and we are going to seek the baptism. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. The sign, one of the, the initial sign as they were filled was they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. For those of you that are afraid of that, for goodness sake, don't be afraid. It's just a, it's the, that initial sign, and it is so powerful as we continue on a regular basis to pray in the Spirit. As Paul says, you know what? I pray in tongues more than you all. God worked through Paul mightily, in fact, much more powerfully than probably any other person, Paul, who, who under the power of the Holy Spirit and in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote half of the books and letters of, of the Bible, of the New Testament, of the New Testament. I say, God, work through us. Baptize us. Just like dipping seven times. Seven is a number of completion. Lord, just complete me with your spirit. Allow your spirit to do a work of, of, cleanse, or of, of making me whole 
to do the work that you would have done through me. In Jesus' name, let it be, Holy Spirit, for the sake of those that are around you, your brother and sister, or for the sake of the lost, for those that are hopeless, those that are in darkness and despair, those that are dead in trespasses and sins, that they would be ministered to by you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, Luke 4, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It is now. Now is the time. I just want you to know the same spirit that was on Jesus desires to be upon you. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to fill you and empower you in these last days. Persist. Persist in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to close uh, two things. Number one, if you're listening today and you're not a believer, can I say this? You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit without being a believer in Jesus Christ. The, your temple needs to be cleaned. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I want to just say, first off, one prayer. I want to pray one prayer. If you're watching today and you are not saved or you have gone astray or you need to have cleansing, we're going we're gonna to say a prayer together, just taking care of these things so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to take five years like it took me from the time I was nine to the time I was 14, but it can come immediately as you would be saved from your sin and be washed and cleansed and allow Jesus to come in your life. So let's pray together. Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I see so many people around me. They need you. They need something to take place in their life. I confess I have sinned. I have sinned. I am a sinner. And I believe, Jesus, that you took all my sins on your, upon yourself when you went to the cross 2,000 years ago. I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were buried, and I believe that you rose again. I believe you are alive. You are seated on the right hand of the Father. I believe you desire to do a work in my life. I believe. So I open up the door of my heart, and I allow you to come in. Come into my life in Jesus' name. And Lord, fill me with the power of your spirit as well. Let the, the Holy Spirit empower me to fullness that rivers of living water would flow from me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord, I just pray right now that there will be a powerful work accomplished as there is a persistence, as we recognize the need for your spirit in our lives, as we recognize not just a portion of the spirit, 
Not just the earnest of the Spirit that we may receive when we're, when we're saved, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit without measure. Lord, not even a double portion like Elijah had, but Lord, the Spirit without measure that you had, Jesus, on your life and on your ministry as you finished off the last few years of your life before you went to the cross. Lord, you ministered powerfully, and you desire to minister powerfully today through us. And so, Lord, we just come. I pray right now, Lord, I pray that... that myself included, Lord, that there would not be a, a grieving or a hindrance of your spirit by saying, Lord, we're not going to do what you say. Holy Spirit, we're not going to be led by you, but rather that we would be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit and that we would go out and we would preach the gospel. We would preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and there would be a demonstration of the spirit and of power in our lives to confirm who you are, Jesus, and what you did for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, Father, I pray that the promise of the Father, of, that you promised, Father, be poured out on us. The, the, that, was, that which was, was uh, prophesied 2,800 years ago by, by Joel, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days. Lord, we need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days like never before. Lord, that even as we would ask things and think things, you said you would, you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think by the power that is within us. Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit within us to do things that, he, that are beyond what we are, would even ask or think because, God, that's the kind of God you are. You want to do exceedingly abundantly above. I just thank you and I praise you. And I say, yes, Lord, let it be. Let there be an, an anointing on us. Let there be an empowering of us in these last days before you return. That there would be a glorious harvest, a mighty harvest, a great harvest come in yet. And there would be a glorious church doing the work that you would have us do in the power of the Holy Spirit in these last days. In Jesus' name, let it be. In Jesus' name, let it be. I just thank you and I praise you. God, your heart is to give. Your heart is to give. Father, your heart is to give. How much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? Lord, I pray, let there be an understanding of the times that we're living in, that there's not much time left and there's a work that needs to be done. And Lord, let it be accomplished in these last days powerfully through us. Lord Jesus, that you would be exalted. You would be glorified. You would be honored at this time. In Jesus' name, let your will be done. Let your will be done in my life, in our lives, and in our church, and in the body of Christ across Niagara, the Niagara region, across this land, around the globe. Let your will be accomplished in these last days, which is that many will come to know you yet before you return. Let it be done, even here in, in our homes and in, in, in our city of Niagara Falls and our province of Ontario, across Canada. Lord, let there be a powerful work take place yet around the globe for your glory and for your honor and for the sake of the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. I just thank God that there is a, a beautiful uh, thing available for you. And I want you to know at this time, that uh, not only does the Lord want to work through you, but he wants to do some amazing things uh, in your life and because of you 
as you surrender to, to Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing as you are filled with the Holy Spirit and rivers of living water flow through you and what you will do to impact others. I'm looking forward to hear that. God bless you. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.